Hey listeners, I know a lot of you are not familiar with our high voltage playlists that we recently launched and to continue to update every month on our Spotify based on the fact that music is a, a fundamental column that holds up a lot of creative types uh, that I speak to on the show. I, th I think it will bring a lot of good vibes into anyone who enjoys synth wave or any of its related electronic musical genres and such. Uh, I think this will hit even harder. Thanks for continuing to consume our content and uh, please go search high voltage on Spotify. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Max at Mondo Neon. I'm with Andrew Morgan, a multidisciplinary designer from Bristol, UK. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so your primary focus is um, 3D art. We've had, uh, I've had some other 3D artists on the show and uh i guess what interests me the most you've done lots of different types of things but uh you know neon uh art kind of filtering in through sort of some cyberpunk elements uh tell us i guess for listeners that really don't know much about 3d art uh and graphic design and some of these things um tell us about i guess maybe about you and then you know maybe your early days of, of kind of exploring how this medium works and how you become interested in, in art or 3d modeling and, and art and such uh yeah that's a big that's a big one um how do i narrow this down i think i've always been into creativity and i've always been into computers from a very early age so i've all and i've always just been dabbling with this kind of cool you know creative stuff that you can do with computers not not on a kind of super techie level i'm not a programmer or anything but um I've always been, you know, messing with Photoshop and uh, just, you know, various other apps. I've done a bit of music making in my time. Um, actually, thinking back, actually, sorry, thinking about, I think that really started, um, particularly with regards to 3D, I think this is more relevant, was uh, back when I was playing lots of video games and I was playing things like Doom and Duke Nukem 3D and I got interested in making levels for those games and sort of trying to find it, figure out how to do that. And um, it was surprisingly not as hard as you'd think. Like you, they had, there was a level editor and you could download it and sort of, I can't remember how it all worked, but it made it sort of somewhat intuitive. And I just, I just remember being fast, absolutely fascinated with it, um, achieving absolutely nothing with it, just making stupid levels that, weren't practical or <laughs> any good um, but I was just fascinated with the idea of creating worlds really um, and I think back then I just didn't really intellectualize it at all it was just um, something I just found myself doing a lot um, when I came home from school I would just spend hours just trying to make levels um, so I think that's kind of kind of where it started and um, you know, so I think like even like those days of id software and even some of the ideas, those level editors, I think it's interesting to see and talk to the people on the show that there's a lot of creative types, people who make neon. And the reason why I brought you on is because with the 3D modeling software and everything kind of going in the digital direction, you make sort of these lived in worlds. And a lot of them have, you know, very much kind of undertones, like I mentioned earlier, sort of cyberpunk, vaporware, whatever you want to call it. Um, but neon, you know, light plays an interesting role. Like you maybe theatrically yeah. set up these shots, uh, maybe a window or a curtain with another neon sign in it. 
Uh, I prefer, I particularly like the synth store, which is basically like a synth <laughs> store neon. And inside, you can see the computer running and everything kind of going on. For... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the lighting is um, obviously lighting is a huge part of it. Really, I think I don't. I mean, I I've, I'm interested in obviously 3D modeling and everything that goes with it, but for me, it's all about the the output, and and the output is ultimately you're painting with light and I, I just go on my gut feeling right and, and I and if and usually what pleases my eyes is some kind of neon light source you know some kind of colored light source and um so sort of that reflecting off objects in the room and creating shadows and you know I don't tend to make things that are sort of uh pastel shades or sort of quite sort of uh, you know, they tend to be quite contrasty, my scenes, and so ne neon kind of facilitates that. Um, and that's just taking out it outside of all the, you know, the, the cultural sort of baggage of, of neon, but that, that goes with it too. But in your pieces, yeah, you can also like homework, uh, you have homework, long weekend, and Key Largo, all of those pieces. And I'm speaking from Instagram, if anybody needs to know, it's yeah, yeah, you, know, you have an account, uh, Green Fiber, right? Yep. So uh, we're talking about Andrew Morgan, but your work, you also go under uh, the account Dream Fiber, which is F-I-B-R-E-R-E. -R -E. And then, so just thinking about all that, uh, you know, are you, I guess, have you been able, or when you started out, um, I guess, how do you land on things like that? Where, where do you get inspiration from? Because it, it kind of does run the gamut. I think a lot of artists do kind of jump back and forth between things they like and what they see and what they kind of integrate. Is that easy for you to kind of combine? Um, I think it's really what I'm, 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 I guess I am doing is like everyone else, you know, you, 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 you are the amalgam of all the sort of little things you absorbed as a child and growing up. I think there's a sort of window of time up and up until maybe your teenage years where things just have this sort of, um, impact on you that doesn't really go away and um so really yeah my, my art is just it's all these kind of influences like you know 80s sci-fi and um all these quite obvious things i suppose that are, that are in there that sort of form the base but then i think i don't know what i'm what i'm always trying to do with my work is um i mean times it is a bit on the nose but I, I don't want it to be like really obvious kind of like too on the nose sort of oh this is synth wave this is retro futuristic stuff you know <laughs> even though it is i kind of like the sort of slight in between zones where it's sort of not quite one thing or not quite another and um it's it is like, like you say it's a sort of jumbled you know, set of um, sort of cultural reference points in there, and also um, so you do like uh, not to care, but like Cyberdyne is like anybody who's kind of interested. There's a little bit of uh, an yeah. Easter egg hunt for anybody that knows the Terminator movies. That's the corporation, uh, kind of yeah. like Terminator <laughs> yeah. Universe. Uh, you yeah. make a subtle reference to a logo on, like, say, a door. Um, yeah, this that's what I you know I think these are the things that get me sort of interested and excited. Uh, they kind of um, the less off, slightly less obvious reference points. N not because I'm trying to be clever, but because it somehow tell it it takes me back to the world of say that particular movie 
in a more interesting way you know it's not just like a picture of arnie you know and his face mm -hmm. ripped off it's something from within that world of the movie and i i don't know particularly in that particular case of terminator 2 i just i just i mean that that's one of my favorite films but um i just i just love the whole image of cyberdyne and and also too what's weirdly relevant is like a lot of these rooms are void of people and i kind of appreciate that it's weirdly understandable because obviously that takes a, <laughs> a lot more yeah. time to uh develop and i'm sure of course render and do all those things but it also gives time for reflection i think a lot of these uh neon lit digital spaces that you're able to create um do you ever kind of look at other neon too like online has has instagram given you kind of a gateway into that world or do you kind of look at it like that at all oh yeah yeah i mean um definitely like well i think i started really looking online for reference points sort of i think when it i think when, when tumblr sort of started first coming in and i remember just spending hours on there this is about probably about eight years ago i just spent hours on there looking at just stuff that because it's obviously just people reposting stuff and just being fascinated with these weird little um i mean like the thing is i guess now you would call it vaporwave but this is like old school vaporwave <laughs> the original vaporwave kind of imagery lots of you know like old like adverts for like computers from the 80s and they would often have you know kind of like sort of neon color schemes um just you know or like uh yeah, so there was definitely, I think that's where the kind of, I I feel like that's where the current sort of trend for neon colors um, sort of began a little bit. And this, yeah. So, yeah I mean, for anybody I who doesn't remember, Tumblr is like a, very much a blogging platform. It's amazing to see how far we've come where, you know, like yeah. at one point people would have a blog. Uh, it's kind of a funny thing now. I mean, it kind of turned into video and then now it's since recently kind of gone towards uh, like shorter format videos, something like TikTok. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest challenge like, within all of that is that I guess it's the biggest challenge maybe for you would be to keep up with some of these technologies, like bringing these, bringing to the design world uh, I guess, uh, should any, I guess, any neon makers uh, be leveraging 3D or like, can it be easily applied to maybe say like the sign making process? Oh, I should think so. I mean, on, you know, on a technical level. Yeah. I mean, you, so do you mean like, so people making like neon signs, you know, whether they should sort of get into. Yeah. Like in, increasingly, and... I mean, sure. It's uh, a versatile medium, uh, probably not as user friendly as picking up like say an iPhone, but I'm sure the technology can advance some of the thinking yeah. behind doing three dimensional type work. Cause it is a, even though it lives on a 2d plane, uh, you know, three dimensionally and being able to understand, I mean, a lot of people do work in CAD I see, and, yeah. and they do render uh, certain, I'm thinking of like 3d renders of, of different commercial projects maybe before. Mm. And it has, well, not that it hasn't been done, but. Well, one of the things you realize when you, you, you start doing um, 3d rendering with a sort of, you know, because obviously, if, if not with um, with current rendering technology, the, the the simulation of lights is pretty realistic, and you start to get a real sense when you're like when I'm making my scenes, for instance. Um, you, you learn a lot about how light behaves, um, but I'm doing that visually, you know, and I'm I'm getting to sort of play with it in a virtual space and try out lots of different things, which it gives me a lot of respect for people that 
you know, if they're making neon signs and they, they're not using any kind of simulation software, um, they just know, <laughs> I guess, how this sign is going to look in this environment. They just intuitively know, well, that's going to reflect off there and that's going to look great. And um, so I think, you know, if, if someone was starting out in making neon signs or other signage, or if they already are working in it and they, you know, they want to learn more, I think 3D, particularly, yeah, 3D rendering um, could definitely help them just visualize things. And, and it would be really interesting to put someone in front of the, the software that really knows a lot about neon signs because they've already come up with some really interesting ideas that I would have never have thought of. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, kind of a process oriented steps to get their, you know, focused work that needs to go into the project before it becomes a reality. I'm thinking on the commercial mm -hmm. level, maybe larger sale projects would be able to warrant that type of an investment. Uh, but even then, you know, you, it could look like, like you said earlier, it'd be interesting to see what somebody would do and take, take with that if, you know, if they would kind of go and run with it. Um, I, I mean, it's we'll definitely getting more, the, the entry point is getting lower and I think the software is getting gradually easier to use. So, I think it will, yeah, it will come into play more. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, it's like, it's like everything else. It's, 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 you know, like photography or um, uh, just, yeah, or even, you know, game development to an extent. It's all getting slightly more accessible and easier. And it's, it's a little bit, it seems a bit intimidating to people like me that kind of want to make money out of charging people <laughs> and sort of, you know, want to do it, you know, do it professionally. But, ultimately it's for the for the greater good um and artistry and having a, an eye for design is ultimately is ultimately king and, and um speaking of monetization too you have uh people who are listening and, and do want to travel into you, you know your work you you sell art prints which is which is a great way to kind of take some of these elements and be able to put them on your wall can you talk a little bit about that yeah sure i mean it's something that I, I think I just realized early on that it's going to sound a bit sort of selfish, but like, I, I felt like, well, you know, I'm putting a lot of work into this and that is obviously it's of, it's of value to someone because they're liking it on Instagram. So it just feels like it's almost a waste not to have some way that people can buy it um, and, you know, put it on their wall. Um, so yeah, I sort of, well, I think as soon as I kind of started getting some traction on Instagram and people started liking stuff, I thought, well, hey, you know, this is this is worth something. So let's put it out there. And and it's also, it, to be honest, it's like it doesn't, I think it's going to be a long time before it makes me like a huge income. It really is just kind of <laughs> pocket money at the moment. But it's actually been really fun because um, when people do <clears throat> buy one of these prints, you tend to hear back from them and they sort of show it to you. you know, they'll have a picture of it on their wall and, they'll thank you and um it's just a yeah it's a nice little bit of feedback a bit more personal than just a comment on your picture or something like yeah especially during these times you know a lot of neon artists that uh, are listening or uh, may have collaborated on some sort of show that's been cancelled for you know covid reasons mm -hmm. or uh you know just whatever complexities within you know the in-person events that people are having yeah gives them another uh i think entryway into their work you know you can't necessarily uh you know, yeah. it's not quite the most accessible thing to ship, um, but also, you know, just within their own means of trying to show art and sell it, it could maybe give uh, more possibilities around that. So, is there like a service that you use that helps you for the for the for the prints? Yeah, in particular. Well, yeah, I just um, 
yeah, I sell them all on Society6. Um, so, I mean, it was just, uh, there's a bunch of people that do this kind of thing and it's essentially just print on demand. So you don't have to make any kind of personal upfront investment in buying a bunch of prints or printers or um so right. that's what i think is good so uh, yeah yeah that's a good association because i think uh yeah like i mentioned earlier there's there's kind of like they really depend on uh that that stream of revenue or at least you know from an artistic perspective you know you don't <laughs> like yeah. said, you're not just uh doing it for yourself through the day uh you just put food yeah. on the table so that's a great kind of uh maybe that'll help a few people i think i think so yeah i mean it's it's i think the the bigger point here is that a lot of people don't value their work enough. Um, some people overvalue their work, in my opinion. But um, a lot of people, like, you just see so many people like on Instagram that are just like obviously working massively hard, like trying to get their daily render in and all this stuff. And it's like, well, and um, don't bring on. A lot of them do capitalize on it, um, but a lot of them don't. And it's just, well, why are you doing it? Who are you working for, right? And no one can sort of, even if I do like you, like how can I show that and sort of invest in you? Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it's an, it's an important thing. I mean, I, I say this from experience because I don't tend to value my work probably enough. And like, I've definitely done a lot of stuff for free in the past and a lot of, done a, a lot of sort of passion projects and things like that. And, um, I yeah, think, I do think they come up from that just to kind of still, still a bit what you said is that, um, the things that are those passion projects that you just basically put a lot of hours into, they, they kind of come, uh, they come back in a way. Like I'm a big fan of doing mm. something that makes you unlock the next thing, you know, like oh, yeah. it might necessarily be the most accurate picture that you can paint for yourself. But, uh, but actually just, getting the work out there is I think the most critical part. You know, a lot of people will hugely uh, have awesome ideas and then they sort of just ask them, how's that going? And it's sort of like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Or they're just jumping between things. I, I mean, I've been there, you know, I, 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 um, so I used to make music, um, a lot and that was just my bit. That, that was where I learned that lesson. Cause I just never released anything. I mean, I did eventually. And actually just, when I did start, getting into a pattern of just putting stuff online like i was it, i got some success with it um but um for ages i was just it was just oh it's not right yet it's not ready to put online yet um and yeah it's just such yeah, a trap. that level that it, level of experimentation can can cut you in both ways right <laughs> oh definitely and i'm and i'm sure in like yeah the 3d world it's no different like um it's the big thing now is yeah it's just yeah, you got. It's got to be somewhere that people can look at it. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere for you, really. Unless you're just doing it purely for yourself, which is fine. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a, it's it's a bit of a framework to to put yourself around. And usually, it's it's just you know you're sort of virtually living in this own space of like telling yourself what you really think should happen, versus sort of gaining outside feedback. Like you said, each time you do something. Um, if you adhere yeah. to your schedule and release it, you are ultimately going to get something back, which I think is the most vital component. That's, there is a bit of a, yeah, I think I see, see what you mean there. There is a bit of a, um, you do have to make a few leaps of faith sometimes when you're putting stuff online. Like uh, the, the stuff that I've put up where I've been sort of thinking, uh, why am I doing this? This is probably not going to be that popular or people aren't going to get it. Um, and then it's weird because often it, 
does actually pay off and and sometimes it's things where you've been a bit different or um tried out something new and and then you'll yeah and then you'll get people specifically asking you about that particular artwork and going oh you know could you do one of those for me like i really like that one you did that was i'm I'm, sorry i'm struggling for examples now but um yeah there's this if you i think ultimately if you think it's cool then you should run with it and put it up there. I think that's the general, right. that's the general thing, right? And don't don't get too worried about sort of popularity as such. Just go with your your gut, and someone out there will will, will like it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I think you know um, how how I guess online you're on. Again, we mentioned Instagram. Where else can people uh, kind of catch you and, and check out your work? I mean, really, it's <laughs> Instagram's the main. Th- place really like i i think that's just the platform that's worked for me so far in mm-hmm. the best way in terms of you know getting client work so any, i don't uh, know any I do, projects that you're working on now that you are, are kind of working yeah towards? no that's a good question so <laughs> um i'm currently working on a game with um a, well this is this is with a games company called aconite and it's a um i'm, I'm working with well, it's it with I'm working with another 3D designer on it called uh, Blake Catherine. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, she's really yeah, she's amazing really, and you know, pretty pretty popular in the 3D yeah. world. What um, is the is the game in development? Like, can you say the name or where to go? Yeah, no, it's called um, Hollow Vista, um, and yeah, it's it's a mobile game. Um, it's so it's essentially a sort of what you call a hidden object game um where the game is like a series of scenes where you um, each scene is a kind of in a sort of 360s uh format so you can sort of look around it using your phone kind of like you would do with like a 360 photo and um there's sort of yeah hidden objects in a room that you inverted commas take a picture of with your phone to sort of find them and that's the kind of mechanic of the game. Um, and each, but each of these scenes is obviously like our work that, you know, we're doing, we're, we're creating that in cinema 4d and creating these, you know, really cool and interesting environments and rendering them out as, as these scenes. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's been such an amazing project to work on really good fun. It's, and the aesthetic is very much sort of in the sort of, yeah it's it's in the vein of what my followers would like um and anyone who's into kind of um well it's 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 it again it's a real fusion of sort of vapor wavy 80s weird um architecture <laughs> neon yeah, cool. and what's in they can go online and just google that i'm sure you'll yeah if you, i think i'm pretty sure if you just because you've done quite a bit of press about it now um and if you just type in hollow vista yeah to google then <laughs> it comes up there's a teaser trailer um yeah but it's 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 actually really really cool and obviously i'm i'm just a kind of you know one small part of the project this you know there's a whole team of us working on it it's 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 um you know it's it's the it's the debut game of of aconite um so there's a lot sort of riding on it um and uh, hopefully it's a big success. It's coming out, I think there's a sort of 
I mean, I, th I think we're hoping to bring it out in sort of June, July, but I don't know. I think we might it might have just been put down now as sort of when it's done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll see, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks, Andrew. I uh, love your work and uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you. No, it's been really nice to talk to you. Hey, guys. Mononium would like to give a shout out to people who have left reviews, which helps give context as to why this is a worthwhile podcast. Uh, I think the cosine is a very big deal. And so here's a, a favorite review that we want to highlight from a robot voice generator. Today's review titled Great for Vintage American Fans Written by Keyboard Stories says a great resource for lovers of neon and neon signage. This podcast delves into interesting aspects of this classic American art form and is a welcome diversion. Thanks for writing in and keep leaving reviews cause yours could be next.